The Playmakers Blog presents Fire on High. Featuring your host, Tyler O. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Fire and High podcast. I'm Tyler Rodzinski. Thanks for stopping by. This is going to be part three of a four-part series going over each major fantasy position. In the last two, we covered the quarterbacks and the running backs. We're doing wide receivers this week. If you haven't had a chance to check out that quarterback and running back pod, please do so. There's a lot of fire info in there. I'd hate for you to miss it. Before we jump into my targets and fades, I wanted to remind everyone of a few things about the process for the third time, but even faster as a reminder. When I mention guys that I like or dislike, my targets or fades, it's not only about their 2020 outlook, but their value relative to ADP. I'm pulling this ADP from Fantasy Pros and using half PPR. Before we jump in, I wanted to quickly explain some of my big picture strategies, because this year is a little wild. So as we know at this point, there hasn't really been a lot of off-season programs and there are no preseason games. Everything's been really done over Zoom calls for a while and they just started getting back on the field together. With that said, I'm pretty much avoiding most of the rookies. There are points and times when I am drafting a rookie when the value does slip, but when I look back at my drafts, I usually only have one, maybe two rookies on each team. I'm also fading players on new teams, specifically wide receivers. We'll get into that later, but the idea is there just isn't a lot of time for these players to acclimate to the new offense, the new offensive line, the wide receivers, the running backs, what have you. It's just a lot to learn. There's a lot of rapport to be built, and there hasn't been much time to do it. I'm also prioritizing teams with favorable early season schedules. I will say reports with COVID-19 have been positive. I'm optimistic we might see a full season, but... As we know, we really don't have a full grasp on what this looks like. The season could still end early. Thus, the early season schedule has a bit more of an impact on my ranks than normal. Just to reiterate, I'm still taking some rookies. I'm still taking some vets on new squads. And I'm still taking players with tough early season schedules. It just means I have a lot of these guys ranked lower than the consensus. Now we got that out of the way, let's start with my wide receiver fades and my wide receiver targets. For the sake of the pod, I'm assuming you're in a 12-man league, two wide receiver slots, and at least one flex. You know, the standard roster, the default, what have you. Let's start with my big target this year, and that's going to be Mr. Terry McLaurin. His current ADP is wide receiver 25. For starters, he had the 24th most PPR points among rookie wide receivers in the NFL history, despite being on the Washington Redskins, who were in bottom five in passing touchdowns, and passing yards. He's balling out on a bad team. And he also is the first player in NFL history to have five or more catches and a touchdown in each of his three NFL games. So he's been a prolific rookie on a very bad team with a revolving door at quarterback. That right there is already great news. He was also top 20 among NFL receivers in yards per route run. And he became the 10th rookie wideout in the last decade to clear 900 yards and 9 yards per target in his first season he did incredible stuff on a very bad team i said it again he's about to get a full season with his college quarterback and then you add in the fact that we saw projected wide receiver two calvin Harmon 
go down with a ACL, and then Geis is missing the season, rightfully so. There is a lot of targets and a lot of opportunity going to be flowing through Terry McLaurin. The first time I actually did my projections, folks, he came out as my wide receiver four overall. While I realize that's a bit high, I had to go back and adjust. It does speak to the ceiling that I think he has. He is my wide receiver 12 on the year. I will take him in the fifth round all day. Do yourself a favor and grab Terry McLaurin. Next up, we got Will Fuller, wide receiver 35. Obviously, the first thing you're going to think of with Will Fuller is injuries. The guy's been riddled by injuries ever since he got in the NFL. I get that, but that's clearly baked into his wide receiver 35 price. Will Fuller has 10-plus targets in four games in his career, and he's gone for over 100 yards in all four of those games with a total of five touchdowns. That's 100 yards and at least a touchdown in every game he's had at least 10 targets. Now, I don't project him for 10 targets a game, but with Hopkins out, that's going to free up 150 targets. And then, yeah, we got Cooks. Yeah, we got Cobb. But neither one of those guys has rapport with Sean Watson. Will Fuller does. And we already know he's a deep ball guy. But just to really hammer that home, he has the second highest percentage of his targets coming 20-plus yards downfield since 2015, only behind Deshaun Jackson. A fun little stat here is if you take his last 16 healthy games where he actually played, he has an 82-1,237-7 and seven line. That is great stuff. That's good enough to be a low-end wide receiver one. For me, it's all about price. The guy's cheap right now. I have him at wide receiver 30, but we know his ceiling is in the top 15. He's the ideal flex play week to week. I've been drafting him all over. Just put him in the flex and ride him out as long as you can. My next guy that you need to target is Jamison Crowder, wide receiver 46. First off, he finished as wide receiver 33 last year without Sam Darnold for three games, and that was with Robbie Anderson in the fold. Things are looking good for Crowder right now. There's 186 vacated targets. While we know targets are earned, not given, it's safe to say Crowder's going to probably be earning a lot more targets considering Mims, the rookie, has been sitting out of camp. And then Brashad Perriman, who's had good reports, is still rather new to the team. He has serious rapport with Sam Darnold, just like Fuller and Watson. I'm looking for guys with established rapport that have gotten it done. Crowder's likely going to see all the volume he can handle. Add in the fact that the Jets' offensive line is awful. Darnold's going to be looking to get rid of that ball pretty quickly. That's a perfect spot for Crowder. He's my wide receiver 28. I feel really good about him as my wide receiver 3 going into the season. Next up is Michael Gallup, wide receiver 29. He's getting some serious disrespect, folks. For starters, the Cowboys were the best offense in the NFL in 2019 in terms of yards per game, and things are only looking better in 2020. I got an article about Dak Prescott out. Check out my Twitter feed, at FFTylerO, if you want to learn more about what I think about that Dallas Cowboys offense. The Cowboys are going to be prolific in 2020, whether you like it or not, and Gallup is going to be one of their featured players. He did miss part of the season last year due to a little bit of a knee surgery, but he came back and he looked great. But I can only think that that knee surgery is what's scaring people off of him because he finished 6th in the NFL in receiving yards per game at about 80 and 10th in yards per route run at 2.16. Folks, that's good. I think he's done enough to seriously prove that he can be a true 1 in that offense. So if anything happens to Amari, he's an instant fantasy wide receiver one. You can't say that about a lot of wide receiver twos on teams. I know everyone's like, oh, wide receiver one went down, next guy up, just falls right in the role. That's not true, but I think it seriously is with Gallup. I kind of look at it like Kareem Hunt, who I mentioned on the last episode. 
Kareem Hunt is going to have standalone value. He's going to be solid. He's going to be a good flex play. But if something happens to Chubb, he could be a league winner. I think that same exact thing with Gallup if something happens to Amari Cooper. Calling him a two is even a bit disrespectful in my opinion. Even Coach McCarthy, I know it's coach speak, he views Michael Gallup as a number one guy. He has two number one wide receivers. In fact, just to give you a couple stats, Michael Gallup, targets per game, 8.1. Amari Cooper, 7.4. Yards per game, Michael Gallup, 79.1. Amari Cooper, 74.3. There even is some stats that point to Gallup being the number one guy. Now, I'm not going to be as bold to say Gallup is the number one wide receiver over Amari. I'm just trying to say that the gap between them needs to be a lot closer Getting him at wide receiver 29 is a bit criminal. He's my wide receiver 20, and even that's a bit conservative in my opinion. My last target is going to be my man Golden Tate, wide receiver 54, getting disrespect. Man, Golden Tate is a baller. First off, there's no wide receiver in the NFL better at yards after the catch than Mr. Golden Tate. Over the last five seasons, he's had 1,003 yards after the catch. Next closest, Larry Fitzgerald, 674. The Giants slot wide receiver averaged 15.5 PPR points and 8.5 targets in Daniel Jones' starts. I think Golden Tate's going to be right into that slot role. We did see a little bit with Sterling Shepard that if they're both on the field, they're going to favor Golden Tate in that slot role. Another fun little stat for you. Highest graded wide receivers on contested targets in 2019, Golden Tate was number 5. He is the most talented wide receiver of the bunch. Sorry to the Sterling Shepard truthers. Sorry to the Darius Slayton truthers. It's Golden Tate. He's the guy there. Lock and Tate for low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three production in 2020. He's my wide receiver 27. I feel good about that. Just grab the guy. You can get him pretty damn late. That does it for my targets. Just to go in review real quick. Wide receivers I'm targeting at cost. Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller. Jamison Crowder, Michael Gallup, and Golden Tate. Those are my wide receivers that I like the most. Let's move on to my fades. My first fade hurts me, but it's DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 5. So wide receiver on a new team is already going to be a red flag, no matter the elite talent. It's just not something you like to see, especially in a shortened offseason such as this. And I know this might be a little bit of a hot take for some people, but I think going to the Cardinals is a clear quarterback downgrade. Watson's a baller. Kyler's certainly ascending, but he's certainly not at Watson's level. I'm not ready to say he is. And I think one of the biggest issues I have with Hopkins is his target share is going to decrease mightily. I have a really hard time projecting Hopkins for more than 125 targets. There's going to be a lot more target competition with Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, and even Kenyon Drake. For a guy who's seen at least 150 targets a season over the past five years, this isn't good. This isn't to say that Hopkins needs high volume to be elite, but if we're taking him in the top five, you better be projecting him for a lot more targets than 125. I think if he falls to that wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight range, go ahead, grab Hopkins. I'm fine with him there. He's my wide receiver eight this year, but at wide receiver five, there's other guys I'd rather have. My next fade is going to be Chris Godwin at wide receiver 6. For starters, having a new quarterback is a slight red flag. Let's call it an orange flag, but it's still something I'm a little bit worried about. Yes, I know it's Tom Brady. He's got all the championships, but he's also 43 years old and has shown some serious signs of aging. And it's a new offense for Brady. Yeah, he's a smart guy, but he still has to learn a new offense in a shorter offseason. Brady will also not be as good of a fantasy quarterback as Winston. For better or worse, it's just a fact. Literally, 
there's probably less than a 1% chance Brady tosses for 5,000 yards this year. I can't even make that number up in my projections. Jameis's interceptions were also great for fantasy wide receivers. Brady will, at the very least, take care of the ball. The Bucks' defense is also ascending. I expect the Bucks to be in more winning situations than last year, which is not good for fantasy wide receivers. In 2019, the Bucks needed to air the ball out to stay competitive. I think Brady makes them better and more competitive, but that's not necessarily a good thing for Chris Godwin and the wide receivers on the Bucks. Godwin is also coming off one of the most efficient seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver. For some reason, people aren't really talking about that. His efficiency last year was absolutely bonkers. He's not going to be that efficient again. You know, I just think that the Bucks are going to be a little bit better of a team. They're not going to need to pass as much. I don't think that Brady is as good of a fantasy quarterback as Winston was in 2019, and that efficiency is going to go down. He's more of a low-end wide receiver one in my book. My next fade is going to be Cooper Cup. We saw two different seasons out of Cooper Cup last year. The first half of the season, he was absolutely elite, top three. And then on the second half of the season, he was barely a wide receiver three. You know, his ADP at wide receiver 16 reflects that. It's right in the middle. But I'm tending to lean towards that second half of the season when the Rams started moving towards more 12 personnel, which includes two tight ends, which in turn leaves two wide receivers on the field and the slot guy doesn't play and the slot guy is Cup. In those two tight end sets, we saw Cup's snap percentage drop to around that 67% range. That That's not good. We don't want to see that. You know, Goff and the Rams, they thrive when, when targeting Cup. But the thing is, defenses know that. So they started converging down on Cup a bit. And I think this all comes back to at the 2018 Super Bowl, the Rams were playing the Pats, and all of a sudden the Rams couldn't move the ball. Billy B found something out, and the other defenses are locking in on that. Defenses are exposing some of the issues that the Rams have, and that's why they switched to the 12 personnel that two tight end sets. I would rather take Woods at ADP, considering he's going to be on the field when there is two tight end sets. Plus, I just like Woods more regardless, even if Cup was on the field. This isn't more so about Cup as it is I really like Woods more than Cup, and you can get him a bit cheaper. My next fade is AJ Green at wide receiver 28. You know, it, it's tough for me to draft this guy. He sat out all of 2019. He needed reconstructive surgery on his ankle. He sat out seven games in 2018 with a toe injury. Now it's 23 games in the past two years. That's not good. He's entering his age 32 season, and I think that is a piece of that as well. Like, yes, he's hurt. Yes, he hasn't played a lot. Same thing with Will Fuller, but AJ Green's 32 years old. It's pretty unclear what's left in AJ's tank. I'm not necessarily excited about what could happen. Yeah, he does have some upside, but I don't know. There's a chance that he just sits on your bench and you're hoping for upside all year. I think there's also something funny going on behind the scenes. I think there's some contract disputes. I think there's times he didn't want to play. He's just a guy that I'm avoiding, and I'm telling you, the listener, to also avoid him as well. My last wide receiver fade is going to be Mike Williams at wide receiver 45. This one's a little tougher for me because I don't think the price is necessarily bad, but I also look back on all of my best ball drafts and redrafts and all that other stuff. I don't know any Mike Williams, so he's more of an organic fade for me because I just haven't been drafting the guy. So I look back on it, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Tyrod Taylor's taken over this offense This Chargers team is going to be more conservative. It's going to be slower paced. They're probably going to throw the ball 150 less times than they did in 2019. And for a guy like Mike Williams, who has a low catch rate and meh volume, I'm just out. The upside isn't there. I'm looking elsewhere around that range. And to recap those fades, it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, AJ Green, 
and Mike Williams. Coming at you next week with my tight end targets and fades. You can find me on Twitter at FFTylero. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Later.